is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, Sean Spencer, one half of that dynamic duo that is Let's Talk Football. And you see who I'm with. You see who I'm with. My guy from South Carolina, Will Kramer. What up, Will? Oh, man. How you doing? Happy hump day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, man. The middle of the week, man. It's here. Getting going by quick. Going by quick. It is. Ugh. It is. We're we're in our, our busiest season for work, and the days are flying by and the weeks oh, are yeah. flying by. And and also like the thought of like Thanksgiving just a few weeks away. It's like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. Right? You know, people I know the cat was sitting there talking about what we think about Thanksgiving plans, things we're doing. And I'm like, that's that's so long. That's so long from now. And then I'm like, yo, it's the ninth already you know what i mean it's like we're like two weeks away from that time of the year so woo! tell hey cat it's just week 10. we don't need to look at thanksgiving we're on week 10 right now okay exactly exactly (laughs) we need to stay right here and uh believe me cat has uh had some uh some choice words for Uh, me some choice words uh will i i don't think in my life i have ever heard one phrase as many times as after Kirk Cousins beat us in game nine, 20 to 17, Kat, she just bombarded me with, you like that? Oh you like that? Any Anything. Anything. <laughs> oh, oh, that the food is great. It's great. Oh, you like that? It's just, Kat, oh, oh, Kat, oh, thank you for watching, watching these clothes. Oh, you like that? Oh, my gosh. Uh... She beat you over the head with it. I just can't even. I can't. I can't. And then on top of that, if that wasn't enough, then this fellow wants to go on the plane and and get a video of him, no shirt, chains, watches, the whole nine, dancing and doing all that. I was asleep, Will. I was asleep. And Catherine woke me up and said, look, look at my boy Kirk and just showing me. I I don't want to see this. Why are you showing me? It? Oh God! <laughs> it was rough, Will. That's it was rough. Cat, Cat, if you're listening, that's very mean. <laughs> on on a Sunday night, you don't do that. You don't rub salt in a wound like that. <sighs> so painful. So so painful. Catherine Hughes, my dear, I do love you. <laughs> Full name. Yes. Listen, it was crazy, but hey, rightfully so. She got the W. The Minnesota. Vikings came into FedEx, beat us 20 to 17, came back down 17 to 7, and they came back to get it done late in the game. Uh, I was furious at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely was. Um, matter that I wasn't the Dallas or the Philly game or any of that because we were up. We had this game, yes. and it was our mistakes that gave them not only the opportunity to get back in it, but then to take the lead and then or to get to tie the game and then at the end gave up our opportunity to, to win the thing because we the daggone penalty with that. Will I we won three in a row and then we come in and and the fact that we went up 17 to 7 kills me because we just let us I was expecting us to get blown out. Both of us said this was gonna be it wasn't gonna be close. And we should have won this game. Talk to me, man. So <clears throat> this one hurt. This one really hurt because we were up 17 to seven in the fourth quarter. 
Then we went up 24 to seven. Mm. Okay. And then we got that seven, that six point second away, 23 to seven. Then they got taken away from us uh, in the second half. So I get to really pay attention and focus in the first half. And then both my boys wake up from naps. And so I'm paying attention, but I'm going like, I'm watching the game. There's the play. Now I'm watching to make sure that he doesn't fall. Okay. Now I'm watching the play, watching to make sure he doesn't fall. Right. And so I was sitting there and I kept singing. I kept doing it. I was going, when we were getting touchdowns and field goals and, and uh, my littlest one was smiling and loving it. And so we were having a good time. And when, when St. Juice, you had to pick six. I just kept going with it. It's like, yeah. fight on, fight on. You know, I went into it. Um, and even Trisha looked over. She's like, you're happy today. You know, because it was 23 to seven oh, yeah. with like 10 minutes left in the game. And then it all came crumbling down. And this one hurt, especially when they got the field goal. All right, they got the field goal. Doggone it. We're down three. All right, it's going to be another Heidi miracle. God, let's hope we can do it. And then also, like, you see Kirk putting his helmet back on. You're like, what's going on? Right. What? what? And then they come out, and it's like, well, this is – and it's it's a lose like that. We're like, you don't even get a chance. This one stung. That just – it stings. Um, And it's like – like you said, we had this game. We gave this win away. It's that whole feeling that we had a couple weeks ago. You know, Indy felt this way. Chicago probably felt this way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, this was our game. This is our game to win it. We're driving down, you know, and it's like, but especially compared to the week before where, where you know, Indy had the lead and then just lost it at the end. That's exactly what we did. Yep. And it's just so painful, man. It's, it's hard. It's hard to swallow this one. It's rough. It, it is really rough because we, <laughs> like you said, we had it. And, and, it's, and it's one of those where you look back on it like we never should have been in it. But we were the better team. We played better. We might not have been better talent-wise, but we did everything to win the game mm-hmm. except win the game. And you go to the Ridgeway penalty that just it, – it's just – it's it's one of those here-we-go-again moments where it's like we can't get out of our own way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, to have that happen. And he – and it's one thing if you're – he was on the left side uh, of the center. For, for, if I'm facing from um, the goalpost looking at him. He's on the left side. He crosses the face of the center to the right side and then runs him over. So, I mean, that's – I mean, come on now. Like, it's it's just one of those things where it's like – right here, man. Be so, smart about it. the thing about that that's frustrating to me about that is – so, that penalty happened because the Vikings let the refs know about it. Because mm-hmm. on an extra point, he had a much more egregious play. And that's what Ron got mad about was he was like – you know, you didn't call anything earlier or warn us earlier that we were contacting the center because he was making some of the same moves. And the center this time, he did some acting a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Know, he got hit yeah. with this acting. And my thing was like, he made the field goal. Right. This did not impact the play. Right. We didn't jump up and, and block the kick. We didn't tip, tip, tip the kick. It You know, no one jumped over what he did. It's like, that's where the whole thing is like, is a penalty a penalty, or can you stay within the confines and, and flow of the game, or are you right. inserting yourself into it? And right. so that's where it's like, I'm not arguing that it wasn't a penalty, but there's got to be a little bit of, do I need to, do I still need to call this? And what else has happened in this game that we've let go similar mm. that you didn't mm. call? So exactly. that is hard. It's hard. Yeah, it, it, it was difficult, ladies and gentlemen, but. 
We are here to talk about it. We did lose 22-17. Oh, man. Oh, man. Late in the game. But let's go into our evaluating our keys to victory a week ago. Will, what was one of your keys to victory last week? So the first one is I said that Taylor either needs to turn the ball over early or not at all because anything in the end of the game was going to be tough for us to overcome. Boy, was I poetic with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the worst time. The oh, worst God. time. And I, we're going to get into the negatives with, with Taylor, so I don't want to you know, spend too much time. But that just was absolutely crippling, Yeah, that penalty, because it put them they, – they caught it at the 50. They ran it all the way inside maybe the 20, at least inside the 30. You know, so they, they were almost in the red zone or in the red zone. You know, it's just – they, they scored two plays later, I think. Like, you yeah. just tur- turned and gave them all this momentum. And it was in a situation of, we can't have a mistake here. And he did. And it was second down that he did the mistake on. It wasn't third down, you know. And it was the same type of stuff that set that of bad mechanics. When some when he gets stuff around him, he has bad mechanics. He, he didn't step into the throw, so he sailed it and... You know, it, it was just a back-breaking interception that we couldn't we couldn't afford. Yeah, it was at the worst time, and it's funny I thought about it because after we got out of the first half, I was like, he didn't throw an interception. Oh snap! Okay, what does this mean? Because even on like even I go back to the last drive that we had, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is the time when he shows up and does it. But the timing of that interception was it, it it affected us man it was mm-hmm. an issue um it was definitely an issue um one of the things i said was establish the run um one of the things i wanted we did last week was over 30 carries we've been doing averaging around late 20s our high 20s uh and low 30s in carries and this week we was we got it at 30 over 100 yards on the ground average almost five yards a carry and our, our number one guys, Robinson, Gibson, both of those guys had over 35 yards. Robinson having 44 and Gibson with 36. I, I like that. We talked about them being a two-headed monster and getting their touches, and that's great. We need that. Heineke, he's going to scramble for a couple yards. Then he got about 17. Then you have the X factors. Then you have the guys that you don't that they they they'll try to game plan for, but those are our gadget guys. Curtis Samuel getting that one run where it was, look, came into the backfield and it was straight up the gut. Yes. You know what I mean? It was straight for 16. And you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. We need to put him in the backfield, like from the eye. And then on the flip side, you have uh, the, 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 was it third down in one play where you run the the jet sweep to Armani Rogers and he Mm -hmm. comes up with the big run. And it's like, wait a minute. Okay. And it's funny because I remember listening to that one on the radio and they went back and they, and they said, you know, Ron had the little smirk on his face, but it was one of those. All right. It worked that time, but put that deep into the playbook. Don't, don't call that out unless we need it. Yes. But the fact that we were able to do that, look, we talked about it. We, we will continue to talk about it. We had control of this game. And one of the reasons is because we did have, uh, a very sustainable running game. Our running game was going, um, and and it was helping to open up the, uh, our passing lanes. So it was one of the things that I thought we needed to do, 
and and we did, and it actually it kept them off the field uh, for a little uh, good part of the game. So, uh, yeah. what else? What 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 your what was one of your other ones? Yeah, um, well, and I'm, I am going to touch a little bit on the running game later on about it because I I do still feel like it's taken us too many handoffs to to make it work. Like we're not that effective with it, aside for some of those those um, trick plays that that you were talking about. Um, but they did something in the second half with the running game that I thought could translate in, into the, the Philly game. That's one of my, my keys to victory. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I just wish we were a little bit more successful with our running game because we really do need it um, to, in order to help Heineke. So I had, you know, talking about defense, Ben, don't break, make them kick field goals. And we held Minnesota under 20 points. And looking back at some of their other times, they've easily been scoring, you know, in the high 20s. And so we, you know, we had them corralled, you know, it's the fourth quarter with 10 minutes to go and they only have seven points. Yeah. You know, so the defense was doing what, what they're supposed to do and, and above and beyond that, you know, and, and they're going with a top three receiver in the league, you know, and he's getting some plays, but they're, they're holding them down too. They're making some plays. So I felt the defense capitalized on that. I, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the positives with them, but I, I thought, you know, you really got to walk away with this saying, hey, the defense really did some things out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what, and, and right along those lines, one of my other um, uh, keys to victory was cloud the picture. You know what I mean? Fog the picture up for Kirk Cousins. And, and you know what? I mean, look, he, he got over 250 yards. Yeah, but he was 22 for 40. You know what I mean? There were times where we definitely – uh, it was making it a little more difficult. He had a number of gas deeper plays that he got. He had a couple touchdowns. We talked about the, the one interception that we will discuss a little bit later from your guy, Danny Johnson, late in mm-hmm. the half. But that was more of a, you know, a, a last minute, you know, trying to make something happen right before the halftime right. that deflected up. And he took advantage of that. That was a better play, like you said, by Benjamin St. Juice. But uh, I still – we gave him headaches, okay? Oh, yeah. And that also goes with the defense, that defensive line. And led by Deron Payne, we only had two sacks, but then we had 11 QB hits. We were hurrying him all day. And there was a number of times where you had him laying on the ground in pain oh, yeah. after a couple of our hits and, and getting to him. And, I mean, it was early and often. Um, and <laughs> and I and I love that because it, I, it really kind of – it slowed that offense down. Look, Justin Jefferson did what he did. We know he went off. We'll discuss that a little bit later. But the fact of the matter is we really kind of – we shut down that ground game. We shut that stuff down. And and the passing game wasn't the threat that maybe the Eagles passing game wasn't a pass. Maybe, you know, some of these other pass games that we might have faced. So, yeah, that was one of the things I thought we needed to do was cloud that picture. And I, I honestly, I thought we did a good job with it. Um, it was the run late in the game, and then he had the one, you know, pass to uh, Dalvin Cook. That was a great catch. Yeah, you know, but I, I thought we, uh, for the most part, you know, gave him a headache. So. Absolutely, you know, and it was interesting to see. You know, we haven't had really watched Kirk Cousins a lot, or as I can say, I haven't. I, you know, I used to check in after you know the first year to see how he was doing, and kind of you know bittersweet, you know, hoping he wouldn't do so well, that type of stuff. But I saw a different Kirk Cousins out there on Sunday. Um, I thought it was really interesting because um, he kind of downplayed this game. He said, yeah. he, you know, he's a professional. He, and he, and I mean, he really is a professional where like he talked about he, all week, he talked about how nice it was his time in DC, 
you know, he got his career started here. He met, you know, his family got started here. He, he became a backup to a starter. Um, but one of the things that here, which is kind of why they were reluctant to extend him, was he was a very careful quarterback. We talked about it last week. That's why you said cloud the picture. Don't let him see the perfect painting that he wants, and he's going to have trouble out there because he doesn't want to throw into bad stuff. Well, that was not the Kirk that I saw on Sunday. And I don't know if the difference is because he had Justin Jefferson out there and an elite wide receiver that he trusts, but Kirk just threw the ball up there several times just say, like, go catch it. Here's your ball. Go catch it. That touchdown pass was not bad coverage at all by St. Juice. Yep. And that's just Kirk just going, all right, here, you know, go make a play. And and that's, uh, you know, it's like I was really surprised to see him make that evolution be a lot more aggressive out there. Um, he threw that more often than not. Most of them, they were too. Uh, to Jefferson. So, you know, it makes sense if you're going to throw to one of your elite guys. But like you said, you know, some of the stats, you know, look better than, than kind of some of the impacts. I mean, you know, Hawkinson torched us. Jefferson yeah. torched us. Even <laughs> Thielen caught, had three catches for 67 yards like that. But it didn't feel like that in the game. Like Kirk played all right. He played capable. That's what he is, capable Kirk Cousins. But he wasn't playing lights out, and they bruised the living out of him. You know, they battered him. You know, so it's like they were doing what they needed to do to win it. Um, uh, the defense was for us to win it. And, and, but he just, he got la- last laugh on us. Oh, he gets last laugh. Uh, wait so, a minute, wait a minute. Oh, has she arrived? Uh, yeah, she's arrived. I, I Hello, cat. Yeah, what oh, you my goodness. <laughs> there it wow. Is. Wow. And this is my guy, Jared, a Cowboys fan. Y'all didn't like, no, we did not. No. Nope. We did not. It is so funny, too, because when he made that an interview, he goes, you know, I haven't even thought about that statement. I forgot about that. That's total bull. And as yeah, soon as they won the he... game, he was like, yeah. And then and then the break it down, to, you know, the, the whole team did it. So he clearly had a lot of had a lot of emotions for this game. But, oh, absolutely. You know, good for him. So one of my, my keys is that we did not do yeah. was spread the ball and get it out quick. Yeah, because right? I said the Vikings defense, aside from Patrick Peterson, you know, is vulnerable. And they actually had a corner that I've already forgotten his name. I'm, I'm sorry. I had it uh, written down before. I can't find it. That had a good game. He came in, I think, for their other corner dancer. and He played really well. <coughs> but our offense was atrocious. Our passing offense was atrocious. I said we yep. needed to spread the ball around. If you take away that one long bomb, we threw for 100 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to pause for dramatic effect here because we threw for 100 yards, Sean. Oh, my gosh. And the only reason we got the extra 49 is because the back judge tripped up their safety. He was backing up going, here it comes. Yeah. So That was ugly. It was atrocious. Yeah. It was atrocious. So we did not do that. We did not spread the ball around. Or if we spread it around, we did not spread it around and catch it. Yeah. It was pretty pathetic. It didn't happen. And and last but most certainly not least, Catherine. One thing I said we absolutely could not do was allow this man to walk out of FedEx saying, "You like that?" <laughs> and as Catherine has so eloquently reminded me on a daily basis, he did do that. He walked out saying, "You like that?" And now everybody seems to say it. I'm done with you, Kirk Cousins. And you too, cat. Ah, get rid of all this basketball season. Let's go. <laughs> just, just to remind your cat, since she is paying attention, 
we are a questionable ref's decision away from that game being 23 to 7. Very true. Very true. Because you like, true. Captain, you like that through a pick six. Huh. That got taken off the board. So just remember that. Just remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he is a good dude. And so happy for him that he was able to have his little revenge or happiness. Good for him. Oh, we're moving on, Will. No more. No more of that. Look, we got to go into what we saw. And look, it, there were a lot of positives. This mm-hmm. game honestly looked good for a good portion of the game. And, and for a minute, it looked like, okay, are we moving to the next level? We are taking a very good team, and we are doing good against these guys. We're moving the ball. We're getting up and down the field. And then as you get into the, the second half, we're taking a you know a considerable lead, and almost like you said, if we're a penalty away from take, put it, they put in the game, put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there was a number of positives. Will talk to me. What what are some of the things that we you know that we did well in this game? We played defense. Yes, that's what we <laughs> we did well, and they made some adjustments during the before the game and during the game. Um, I'll, I'll hit up some of them here. So the first adjustment, no, I'm going to talk about how we played well. We put, we, we kind of already talked about, we put a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Um, I think I saw a stat at one point during the game where we had 18 hurries on him and 11 times we hit him. We knocked him to the yes. ground. You know, yes. we had a couple sacks during the game, but we were putting pressure on him. We were, we were making him know that we were there. And and like you said, he got hit. Call timeout one time because he couldn't get up. You know, he needed some time. So that what we needed to do to make him rattled, you know, that was happening. The adjustment, number one that we made, was they put Benjamin St. Juice on Justin Jefferson to shadow him. Mm -hmm. He followed him around. We're so much, you know, we've been so old school in the William Fuller is on this side. William Jackson or Kendall Fuller is on this side. And William William Jackson is on this side. And we just get torched from it. But they were having St. Juice follow him around. And um, Justin Jefferson had seven catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. So it's not that he didn't have have his day out there. But like I said, that touchdown catch wasn't bad coverage. You know, he's an elite player who made a great play. That's going to happen. Our guy does that too. It's no different than what, you know, what Terry did the week before. You know, the elite players make elite plays. But we we had some good coverage. Um, We had – um, our defensive line, our, our two stud tackles played really, really well in putting yes. that pressure up the middle. They made a move in the second quarter. Our defense started to improve because they moved Jonathan Allen over the center. He was standing over the left guard. They moved him over the center because what the, the Vikings were doing is they were double-teaming Deron Payne with the center and right guard. And by putting Allen directly over where that ball's being snapped, the center had to focus on him. And that allowed Deron Payne more space. And that guy's having himself a Pro Bowl season. Yeah. He's having a career year. He had four tackles for a loss. You know, he was, you know, he he put a, you know, got a sack on Kurt. He he was making a huge effect on the play. And so the defense just came out and played really, really well and continues to play really solid uh, to the point where, like you said, they gave us the chance to win this game. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, I mean, that's I mean, 100% complimentary football. They're giving the oper- the offense an opportunity to win, and 
another part of this, because we know it's a three-phase game, if the offense isn't getting it, the special teams is helping out. I've shouted out the special teams before. We know about our all-world punter, Tress Way. Five punts, 240 yards. Man is averaging, you know, about you know, 40, 45, you know, 48 some odd yards of punt, like getting it down there and got three in the 20. This guy's helping us change field position, which is helping our defense to get it going. Our Joey Sly, only one of one for the field goal, but still, you got that, you got the two extra points. These are successes. Now, and the reason why I bring that up is because we have had even this year. But also in the last last couple of years, issues with kicking. So to have this work it out, all these are f- things that were helping us to maintain the victory. Nothing we no points are left on on the uh, board. And number three, the emergence of Antonio Gibson at kick return is opening up, uh, in my opinion, our offense because we are more we're not sitting at the 15 or the 20 or the 25 like when Dax Millen was back there. We're getting out to the 40, the 50. The field position is being flipped, and we're having yeah. better uh, – uh, we're being able to play uh, – have a, a more uh, expansive uh, play calls because of the fact – yeah, I was getting there. I had a couple <laughs> things going, and I was trying to reach. Find it. Find it. <laughs> you know, we're, the playbook is wide open. Yes. Because of the fact that we are able to now we're, we're starting at the 45 or the 50 or potentially in their territory, as opposed to starting from the 20 and, you know, already being, you know, behind the eight ball type deal. So the special right. teams is helping us. We've seen I've talked about this before. We've seen how the special teams of San Francisco single essentially single handedly that in that defense stopped the, uh, um, the Green Bay Packers in the in the divisional round of the playoffs a year ago. So special teams is a huge factor. Our defense is playing up, up to par, and now there's special teams on. We're two facets we're in there. We get that one in the offense going, and it, we almost, I don't want to say perfect game, but to play a team that has won five straight games coming into this, to play a team that has been pretty solid, we almost played <laughs> – a perfect game in that sense that we were doing everything right at 17 to seven late in the fourth. Like you said, they had only scored uh, seven points with 10 minutes left in the fourth. We were doing everything right. And that, that was because those two phases were definitely working for us. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do have a positive on the offense. Yeah. All right. And it's about the running game. It was kind of what I wanted to expand a little bit when on, on your segment earlier, we, I like the fact that we utilize more than just traditional running to have a running attack, which, yes. since it is a struggle for us. That Armani Rogers call was terrific. You know, it caught everyone by surprise. It showed off his athleticism. You know, it really was just like the announcer said, they need to get this guy involved more. You know, so it showed off that, that he how athletic he is. So I, I did like that. And Curtis Samuel had that burst up the middle, as you mentioned. Yes. You know, so there are two longest runs. But the other thing that happened in the second half that I felt helped us sustain drives is we utilized the pass to set up the run. And, and when we first started the game and, and this whole season, we've kind of been relying on the running game to, to help us out with the pass game. And, and I, I felt we, we took a switch there. And so we would have a, a pass play for five, six yards. Then the next play would be a handoff where if Gibson or Robinson are only getting three, four yards, you're setting up third and short or they're getting a first down. 
And when you're getting that first down, you're setting up, you're, you're building some momentum. And I felt that was a good use of the run game because it kept us balanced while we were marching down the field, um, mm. especially that, you know, that beautiful drive that we had where he hit Dax Mill for a touchdown pass. Yes. You know, but if we were utilizing a shorter pass game to then let the running game complement us by getting burst downs out there. Um, yeah. And so that was a way that, to have a balanced attack with not going burst down handoff, second down handoff. Now we're going to throw on third down and we're punting the ball. You know, so that was kind of what I've been calling for the last couple of weeks. Like, let's change our rhythm on offense. And it's, they seem to finally get into that. Um, so I felt the, the running game improved in the second house half. It still is not anything to write home about, but it was getting better. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, so did you notice uh, Gibson ran up the middle. He actually lowered his head. And ran into the middle of the field. Gibson did that. The RB crew is building. I did. He, he, he took that. He was running the outside. He planted his foot and darted. It, wow. it was it was great. It was it was oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, too, had running backs on here. But I – and I also – I mean, you, you, you took everything. You said everything. But yes. I, there is one thing I will say about the running backs – and it is in the sense that that when it's not just the traditional, we know about the two-headed monster and Gibson and Robinson, um, but it is Amani Rogers on that one play. It is Curtis Samuel, and it's Taylor Heineke, who on the stat sheet four carries, seventeen yards, not really that much, and it was really a one run that did it. But I'm gonna tell you something, and I know. Look, I'll I'll be the first. I've dogged this guy. I've sat here and when Will puts the shirt on and does this, I'm like, get out of here, get it. This man, every time, man, every time I look at him and I'm like, dude, what? I I can't do it. I can't do it. He does a read option, comes around the right side, looks like he's gonna get hit, dips and spins oh, straight yeah. spin cycle <laughs> linebacker, and then takes it for nine. And I remember, so I was I was driving and I was you know. Not watching, but Cat had I had the phone on and Cat was there, and I remember seeing it and I thought it was Brian Robinson, and I was like, "Oh snap, oh man, that dude, he's the truth." Because they were like, "And this is why they have him, and this is why he's here." And I was like, "Oh snap!" And then it wasn't until I went back and looked, I was like, "That Taylor Heineke, what, yo?" So shout out to him, I have to because I'm, I'm gonna be honest and and. You know, shout out to our guy, Alex, who loves Taylor Heideke. He says there's certain things that Taylor does that Wentz cannot do or just at this period in his career won't do. And yeah. one of them is that type of thing. I mean, just it is – I mean, it, it's a great move, and, and not all quarterbacks have that, but still to go out there and put yourself on the line. I mean, because after he makes that move, he runs up and dives forward for a what was a controversial call when they said it was it was short it looked like it was farther um, got past first down but it was still a great move by him and it was it was a uh, okay it's it's energizer to the team and it's it's something that a lot not a lot of people can do being yeah. able to scramble out and get that kind of yard so shout out to him that's the praise I'm gonna give you. Because uh, I got a lot of other stuff coming. We're about to rip you a new one. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you, yes, you sir. Made, you, I forgot about that play. So thank you for that reminder. Because yes. that was happy times with and happy memories of Taylor Heineke. Right. If you realize, I, I'm not wearing my shirt. because uh, I see that. I, I see yeah, that. That, mm -mm, mm -mm, it's, in the, it's in the bottom of the, of the, the trunk right now. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason being is because there are negatives. Absolutely. Oh my goodness gracious. It's a lot of negatives. I I do not know if I can accurately describe the anger that ran through. I was I was driving with Catherine and we were driving in a long enough distance to where I was going to have, I was listening to most of it on the radio. And when the radio flipped out, cause we were in the same area, um, I did it from, um, uh, from the phone and I'm just sitting here listening to it. And it went, you know, it was, you know, seven, three, seven. Okay. We're good. Oh, snap. 17, seven. Wow. All right, cool. And then it kind of hit a lull for a second. And we, the phone went like, you know, we lost you know service or whatever. And then all of a sudden, ooh, what's the score? 17-17. Wait, what? And then you're and then I heard just the last bit. Oh, Heineke had the opportunity. He gets sacked. They get the ball back. And it's just like this is exactly what I was thinking. A year ago, this is what Heineke did. Eight minutes ago, methodically drive down the field, play by play, getting each third down, making sure their offense doesn't stay on the field. This time he gave it up to them, and they did exactly that. And the whole drive, all they kept saying was, and last year, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings were 6-8 and eight in close games. And, and your game's decided by one score or less, or, or one score. And, you know, if they could have won those, things could have been so much different. And now this year, they know how to win. They've learned how to win. And I just knew it. They were just driving, driving, periodically just right down the field, driving. And even that wasn't that bad. But then I felt like we got karma. Karma mm-hmm. from what, ladies and gentlemen? Karma from a year ago, we played the New York Giants. We did not deserve to win that game. Slayton cost a wide, lost a, uh, dropped a wide open touchdown that would have put it out of, the, of uh, reach. Then we had a game winner, uh, oper- game winning field goal opportunity by Dustin Hopkins, who missed it, but there was a uh, similar penalty. We're running into the center. Yeah. That gave us another opportunity in which we hit it. We should not have won that game. It was a steal completely. I can say that now, a year later. Uh, this was karma for that. Ridgeway came over there, blew him up. And I understand what Ron was saying, everything like that. But it was just the timing of mm-hmm. it. Why, you know, come on. Because of the fact that we had stopped him. We had stopped it on fourth and short at the goal line. This was a huge thing. All right, Good. You don't even need to. I mean, I understand trying to block the kick, but you're not going to block it from where you're at. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe you could get up there, and if you're at too tall, Jones, you could stretch out. But if you look at the way that he takes a step, goes around him, by the time he even gets to a place where he might put his hands up, the kick is already through. So it's just, you know, it's like a clip when the returner's already scored a touchdown and you're clipping from 20 yards behind. It's just not necessary. <laughs> And, you know, and that is the type of thing that we just don't need. And that was that that was the huge negative for me that just frustrated me to all get out. And it was an uncomfortable ride for the rest of the ride. Cat will know. And she slipped in a couple. You like that? And I said we can pull over. All right, and I will walk. All right? Not dealing with it right now. So what were some of your negatives, man? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Heineke because I, I think. A lot of our negatives are, are focused around him. 
Um, and it, it kind of ties into the Giants game of last year you talked about. It times it ties into what you know the um, keys to the game we talked about, where I said you can only have your interception early because if you have it late, you're going to hurt us. And at, almost like you said, it, he was bound to have one of these types of plays. Remember that Giants game in week two when he made some that dumb play that got that he threw an interception at like the 15 yard line and gave him the ball right back late in the fourth quarter that we were like, well, we lost it. And then I don't know, I can't remember what happened, but it. They didn't score on it or something. I don't remember what happened. But he, he had a chance to lose the game for us there. And on Sunday, while there were other factors and the Ridgeway penalty was absolutely, you know, devastating. This is just as bad, that interception that he threw. And he had himself a horrible game. Um, if He had 149 yards, 15 of 28. If you take away the bomb to Curtis Samuel, which, mind you, there were three Vikings around when he threw this. Thank you. All right? And yeah. if it wasn't for the back judge knocking over the, the safety who was in position to catch it, that would have been an interception. And we wouldn't be sitting here even, you know, celebrating. But it, it happened. So, I mean, I, I laughed when it happened. You know, I was like, this man, he just gets away with stuff. Well, he didn't get away with but when it really mattered in the fourth quarter, when we're trying to play some ball control, keep the clock going, move the chains a little bit on second down. He had pressure in his face and he does what he does. He has poor mechanics. And when he has poor mechanics, bad things happen. Most of the time it's because he has inaccurate throws and this is what happened. And in that situation, you know, he had the right read. Logan Thomas was open. But if you got pressure in your face and he can't step into the throw, he just kind of threw it off his off the back, all with his arm. He threw it high. He threw it right to the safety, who returned it, you know, back to put them in scoring position. And the worst part about it is he looked off an open receiver. Yeah. And he talked about the fact that he knew if he threw it underneath, the guy probably would not have gotten the first down because he would have had to make a guy miss. But it would have been third and two, third and three. Instead, he was going for the first down, and and he he just he he and the, he just allowed the Vikings to keep their momentum going, and we know he's he's good for an interception game, and he he did it at the end, and, and we just we weren't able to overcome that mistake of him. But my thing is like this is who he is. You know, we talked about it last week. This is why I said I'm out of the Taylor Heineke experiment. You know, he's fun. He gets away with stuff that he shouldn't get away with. You know, he's a great person you want to root for him because of his excitement and his moxie he's got but he doesn't have the arm talent he doesn't have the arm strength he doesn't have the arm accuracy and his limitations are limiting the team and then when he's good for an interception he this time he did it at a time that we couldn't overcome it yep yep and it was frustrating and it was frustrating now at the same time with that we said we said he he missed it uh, over and under the tight end a couple times and Isaac McLaurin. Look, yeah, his, his passes have been uh, interesting. Thank you, Jared. He keep your six and two Cowboys out of, out yeah, of the comments. Uh, Jay, well, he, Jay has <laughs> one comment that we're gonna get to a little bit later. So, but but yeah, I, I see I see what you're talking about there. Jay. <laughs> uh, but a lot a lot of it also <laughs> goes with some of the play calling and especially on third down. 
we have an issue. Like we we were able to get a couple third and shorts, but there was a there was certain situations where we were not able to actually get it. I talked to I talk uh, not able to get it. I talk about the one run that Heineke had where his you know puts that corner on spin cycle to linebacker and then you know goes for what we thought was the first down. It got called short. If I'm not mistaken, no, that was the one where we uh, ran the jet sweep, right? I believe sure. that might if that, if I'm not mistaken, that was the one where we had third and one and then went for it fourth and one and yep. missed it on both because we couldn't get a dag on yard. I have a problem with our play calling, especially on third down. A week ago we had it where we had a draw up the middle, it was third and seven, thirty-eight, and he ended up slipping. The play was there, but still, come on. The first, the first third down we had in the game, we threw in a crossing route to Curtis Samuel that was five yards under, you know, beyond sure. the – short of the line of scrimmage uh-huh. or short of the first down marker. And it's like, what are you doing? Now he has to make a play to get the first down. So it's an issue. It's absolutely an issue. And, and you look, we, you and I discussed the one play. I, I sent you a video of it. We had an early third down, I believe, in the, what is the, uh, the first quarter where – Drops back and look, we have Gibson over to the right. He comes back in motion. He goes out to run a swing over to the left. Looks like it's a screen set up. We drop back. The two uh, defensive ends shoot up. So Heineke moves up and then he ends up running as if it was a draw. Now you had told me that you had thought that it was a design play. And then I looked at that and thought, oh, well, that's a design play. But still, I mean, there's certain, it's just awareness. It's just, I mean, if, if it wasn't a, a draw, what the what the what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on the flip side, if it wasn't and it was the screen, okay, the play was there, but then Heinz, you got to make it happen. You know what I mean? Three of ten is not successful on third down. We've been dealing with it for the last couple weeks, um, and you know it's 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 not helping our offense. And and with our offense failing, obviously. The other parts of our team suffer. So, yeah, that's that's something that we definitely got to work on. Those play calls on third down and uh, getting our things together. So that's a good segue to what to my next negative, which is going to be the offensive line, and yeah. and part of it goes hand to hand. You know, it's exactly what you're talking about on that third down play. We were in shotgun, third and one, and we're in shotgun. So we're giving the running back the ball seven yards behind the line of scrimmage when we need one friggin' yard. Like what do we we promoted a fullback because we're down on tight ends. Put him on the field. Right. This is the time you run right Thank behind you. him on third and one. <laughs> like we don't need to be running from shotgun like that on third and one. Do that on second down and you know, first and ten, all that stuff. I'm fine with that. And then, like you said, that's that next play. I actually didn't hate the the fourth down call because the offensive line got blown up up yeah. the middle. So if we did run it just like the week before. We would have gotten stuffed because our offensive line is terrible. It was a terrible throw by Heineke. He threw the ball behind Terry, and the defense got his hand in there. But I'm, I'm trying to segue to the offensive line being a problem. You know, this was a game where Heineke did get pressured, and, yeah. and he's the type of quarterback that he can't – like I said, if he can't set his feet, step into his throws, he's going to be inaccurate. 
and his yeah. inaccuracies, just like Rex Grossman's inaccuracies, oh, cause problems for your <laughs> offense. And he he turns into sexy Rexy. 2022 mm. sexy Rexy out there. Mm, and for a while, they were talking about, hey, have you noticed that our sack numbers are down because we've got a mobile quarterback and who knows how to get rid of the ball and can make make space. But it's also a little bit more of like you say, Heineke does this like um, – you know, his, his voodoo stuff that he finds mm-hmm. ways out of the pocket. It's mm-hmm. not a good offensive line play. We, I mean, we still had 24 carries for like 80 yards by our running backs. That's not good enough. No. You know, like I said, it had to take gimmick plays to, to have a running game. We need more of that, but there's no fixing this offensive line. No. It is what it is. I did notice, though, the last two games we've had some pretty poor offensive outings running the ball. Trey Turner's been back in the game. Back is starting mm. right, right guard. Now, I don't want to put all of it on him, um, but it's it's just kind of interesting that some of the troubles that we were having, and then we started to make some improvements. Well, the troubles are coming back, and, and, and number 53 is back out there too. So, you know, uh. but, you know, Cornelius Lucas had some troubles. He couldn't handle Zadarius Smith. He couldn't yeah. handle uh, Danielle Hunter. So, they, overall, this the offensive line, you know, they did a piss-poor job of constructing this this unit. In the offseason, they botched the two guards that they signed, and it is what it is. We, we can't do much about it, but it's really yeah. hindering our offense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, it, it, it is, and I look, I, I, I got to talk about Taylor, man. I have to because a lot of the issues that we had a year ago are, are, are reoccurring. I mean, one of the things that we talked about last year is he throws high balls. He throws a lot of times high balls when you can overthrow uh on Logan Thomas, six foot seven Logan Thomas. That's a problem, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand you're short, you try to throw high, but come on. I mean, you look at that interception, he is overthrowing these guys by a mile, and it's a problem. And the other thing is, look, we always talked about Carson Wentz holding on to the ball and holding it, holding and holding it, waiting for the big play. And we know. Heineke has the propensity to go for that deep ball, go for that. But if it comes at the expense of a shorter pass that might be open, there was a number of times when the swing route was wide open, not even just on that one play we discussed, but he's just standing here with time in the pocket looking deep, and it's like, dude, the defenders are backing up. You can at least get five over here, if not run the ball. You know what I mean? And then we got lucky. On the deep, but let's let's just be very honest. You stated it. The daggone uh, field judge was down there and tripped up that guy who was sitting there waiting. And you could tell when he falls down, his hands are still <laughs> like this because he's like this was this was gift wrapped yes. to him. I didn't even see like I didn't see this play till after the fact, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have just lost it because he he was triple covered. Will. Come on. Like, I look, I respect, hey, damn torpedoes, you know, full steam ahead. I respect Effidy's down there, whatever. But no, no, especially when there are guys sort of that you can hit for a first down. I get it. You want to charge the team. But you don't have to charge the team by potentially giving the game away. You know what I mean? And even on the interception late in the game that we talked about was overthrown, you had – um, you had Dax Milne on one side coming in and shooting out and doing a little uh, dig route. You had on the other side, I think it was uh, uh, Sims coming in doing the same thing, both wide open. 
both had angles. You could get it. It's a second and uh, 10 or second and 11. Hit it. Get them quick and go. The route that uh, Milton ran was the same one that you scored a touchdown. You threw a touchdown pass to him. You know what I mean? Get it to him. Let him go up the field and do it. But you took the shot. Fine. I don't have a problem with you taking the shot. You threw it to a wide open guy. Logan was wide open. Huge target. This is great. How do you overthrow him? Mm -hmm. Like that to me, okay. Like, okay, maybe it's just like Joey Sly, you're too jacked up and whatever. But no. And I mean, just the worst possible time. Taylor just, oh my God. And see, this is the this is the issue with winning the late games against the Packers, winning late games. Uh, against the Colts, mm-hmm. is that we tend to try to forget about why those late games were in the position that they were in. Yes. Because we couldn't do anything because of a lot of these things that happened before. And that is the frustration that I have with him. A lot of people sit out here and think, oh, man, you hate Taylor. Are you this, you that, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't hate the man at all. I I just, I just, I see him for what he is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like this, he's better than that. That's my problem. I understand he can't throw as much. I understand he wants to go balls to the wall and do what it is. But if you can understand your limitations, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls understanding their limitations and just doing what they need to do. So, Taylor, rant over. What, uh, what is going on, Andy, Anthony, and what's going on, Andrew? Sorry, you guys, you guys had to come in and see me go off on my quarterback. My, but you know, Sean, you said it. Is he, he's better than this, but is he better than this? Mm. If you, you could essentially say he was a rookie last year, all right? That was his first time to play extensively. But he played a full season. He had 16 starts. He said he learned from his mistakes that mm. he made last year. You're not showing that out here. You're no. not being any more careful than you were last year, and you're not any more accurate than you were last year. You know, so it that's the whole point where I'm like, I'm over the Taylor Heineke experience, you know, just because he is what he is. He's going to make a mistake in the game, and you just got to wonder when is it going to be, and are we going to be able to overcome it? And right. in this, this situation, in this game, it was at the end, and no, we weren't able to overcome it. No. No, and I think I mean even even your point, your one of your keys, throw the interception early. <laughs> We're already conceding that it's going to happen. Correct. You know what I mean? Just okay, just let's do it at the right time. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. No. You got you got any more negatives here? Small things, but it's no, not really. Yeah. Uh, we'll just be piling on. The, we, we got the big stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to quickly move on. We're going to try to give you some game balls, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go first. Uh, and somebody that I believe you and I both picked. The only person we can give it to really on the offensive, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Curtis Samuel. Three catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. The one run up the middle. Curtis Samuel being back. I honestly think it just revitalizes our offense. And I know it's been a struggling offense, but having him on the field, you can tell the difference between having him on the field and what that does for Terry yeah. McLaurin, what it does for Antonio Gibson, the run game, and, mm-hmm. and just the in the quarterback. Had both um Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke have he's been one of their favorite targets. So mm-hmm. having him on the field has been huge. If you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't really 
jump off the page, you know, only, you know, only three catches and only one run, but at the same time, the impact of some of those catches on third downs, deep balls where we really needed it. The one major play where he probably the smallest guy in that pack uh, of three, uh, three or four, uh, the corners that were over there in safeties, he jumps up, makes the play and then has the presence of mind to then jump up and hop into the end zone. Because let's be very honest. There's no guarantees. We score even from the one we've had troubles at time in the red zone. So, that's my game ball on offense. Um, what do you think? I, th- I know we talked about it. That's who you were thinking. Yeah, similar play. My game ball goes to the Mr. Official, the back judge. Yeah. Thank you so much for tripping up the safety and making it only a two-on-one play instead of a three-on-one. Right. And Curtis Samuel's able to catch it and roll into the end zone for a big touchdown and a 49-yard fast play for the, for the commanders. Thank you, Mr. Official. Yes, sir. Your check is in the mail, sir. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> no. what? Uh, what are your? What's your game ball on defense, Will? Defense. I'm going to go back to. Uh, I keep saying these guys, but because they're having just a phenomenal season, and yeah. that's our two defensive tackles, John Allen and John Payne. Um, you know, they're they're constantly putting pressure on the quarterbacks. They're constantly knifing through and making tackles on running backs, and and they're just outperforming what I thought they could be. I mean, this is exactly what we were hoping for when we drafted these guys. Could we get really impactful defensive tackles? And it took them until, you know, four or five years or or a change in the defensive scheme potentially um, to allow them to attack. And, and they just – they are helping the the revitalized defense. They're, they're the anchors of it as we've gotten so much better. As Nathan says, if you look at the stats, you know, they're – our defense is way better than what what it is perceived based on yes. you know what what our, what we're doing up front. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it shows. I mean, we held them to what uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken under under 50 yards of rushing. Yeah, Davin Cook. Yeah. Davin Cook didn't have he had 47 maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our defense has been showing up, and I mean, yeah. look. Speaking of, we we're going to talk about a little bit later the the Eagles game. We held them to 62 yards rushing. You know, we held Zeke to under 50 yards on the ground, the same thing. So we can do that. We have been doing that this year. So, yeah, I definitely love it. And, look, going with that defense, we have an an improved secondary. You know, and I'm not going to put it all on William Jackson III. Hopefully, you know, everything is working well for him in Pittsburgh. Oh, snap. I'm happy doing it. But look, we cannot overlook the fact that communication is improved. These guys are playing together, and that shows. Bobby McCain and um, and Cam Curl led in tackles, but it's not these huge gas plays. I mean, they were t- tackling deep on some deep balls they were throwing, but they're coming up to the line. We talked about it a week ago, how they were definitely making plays in the backfield and getting tackles for loss. That is huge. Then you add in... Benjamin St. Jude's only had three tackles, but I'm going to tell you something, man. This guy, and I didn't know this. I I, I didn't think about this till I talked to Alex, you guys in the chat, on uh, what should happen. And you were saying Benjamin St. Jude's was on their guy. You said you were talking about it earlier today on Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had seven catches for 115 yards. Yeah, but he was targeted a whole heck of a lot. And with the exception, we also know that touchdown, which was a good play, like you said. But with the exception of lot, like he shut them down. And if you look at that third down right before Ridgeway obviously got the penalty, they threw to Justin Jefferson in the end yeah. zone. And Benjamin J- St. Jude's was right there with the da-da. Wow. 
<laughs> Let's go. So, yeah. yo, I have to shout him out for, for playing the way he did. I mean, a lot of corners are going to have long days when they're playing one of the premier wide receivers in the league. So for him mm-hmm. to have that kind of day, it was great. And then I got a shout out to your guy, Danny Johnson. Got into the session right before the half. Let's go, man. You're on the team. Proud of you, my friend. <laughs> but the secondary, this has been one of the places outside of linebacker that we really talked about has been struggling, you know, and, and and you know, different pieces have been moving in and out. So to see them finally coming together, um, hey, right on time. We need it. We need it. Yep. So, so. You have uh, that. That's it, right? That's it. That's two game balls. Yep. Uh, game balls. I love it. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. There it is. Yeah, buddy. What is going on, people? We see you here with us, and we so appreciate it. And we've seen you going back and forth. Oh, man, we talked about this when the Vikes deserve to steal that rap. Hey, Karma, we talked about it. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, is Heine lucky and wins his straight voodoo? Well, got yeah. him out of there. Uh, he missed it over the tight end. Oh, we saw that one. Corin. Yeah, yeah. We got two you know, questions or two comments about, about the ownership, and we are going to talk about the the latest yeah. in ownership, including, as Delilah says, RG3 yeah, would yeah. like to be a part of an ownership group. We got a little, little something, something for you in very, oh, yeah. very soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a bunch bunch out there. So we will definitely get into it. But before we do, ladies and gentlemen, on Washington Football Weekly, we had some news. And that's a familiar thing that we say around here on Washington Football Weekly, be it coaching, be it our owner, which we will talk about, or be it the uh, D.C. Attorney General, and the whole story of uh, what happened to Brian Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, so let's. So we're we're a little early, and we're basically just saying tune in tomorrow. But there's going to be some more anti Snyder information coming out. Yeah. So, but what we talked about last week, where where's this some of the sale coming from? And I think some of it has to do with what's going to come out tomorrow. Um, the DC Attorney General has taken the information from the congressional panel that was investigating Snyder and is investigating things a little bit further. What they're looking at is, is into the team's finances. It, essentially, when, when the Redskins would have non-Redskin games, you know, Taylor Swift's in town, the Rolling Stones are in town, concerts and stuff like that, the percentage that they would give back to the owners was not the percentage that they were supposed to, and they were hmm. skimming the books on it. And I think this is where they're gonna they're gonna rule on some things. And they said they're gonna rule on stuff that Snyder was involved in. So it's not gonna be pretty for Dan Snyder. All right. So that's coming tomorrow. That's the preview. They made this announcement today. What the commanders did and what Snyder's team did. You can't mm. put, don't put the whole team in here. This is this is numero uno at, at the top. Go ahead and doing this. Put out a really really disingenuous, just a, a, a pathetic statement. And and basically saying that, and, you know, they started off by saying, <coughs> since this is coming from the attorney general of D.C., that one of our players got shot three months ago because of the crime in your city that you're not paying attention to. And then they went on to blast saying that 
you know, he should be focusing on the crime in the city. We've been working with him and giving him all this information. This is just a political stunt. So this is this continues to be just just the crap that Dan Snyder does. Like this is why everyone hates Man, you, Dan. This yeah. is why everyone wants you out of here and saying good riddance because you know you're about to look terrible tomorrow. You know yeah. you're going to be tied to whatever they have to say about this team that you own that you that you're a part of, and you come up with just pathetic, petty statements like this that come on behalf of the team. So you're lumping everyone in to your own you know brand of shittiness. Pardon my French. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you know, but so we'll just have to see tomorrow. Uh, but this is why how why everyone was so excited when the announcement was that they're going to sell because we're just sick of this crap. Everyone yeah, is, and especially in DC, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. So look, let's say let's let's move on to some some good news. Then piggybacks right off of that, him selling the team. Look, we've talked about you know now 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 the writing's on the wall. We can say that it's going to happen. We can say with some kind of confidence that this is definitely going to be happening. This is the move that's going to be made. And a lot of names are coming up. We've talked about a couple of the guys that were in the running um, to um, talk about what Byron Allen was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Jabari Harris, one of those guys, guys that were in the running for the like, Broncos job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple of the couple of those other jobs trying to become owners, um, and obviously, like you said, I got to shout you out. Because you said this is this is a hot commodity. People want to be the owner of the Washington Commanders, just this whole franchise. So we've got names: Bezos and Jay Z were two that were linked together. But will there's some additions to that group? Uh, Delilah, she mentioned one of them. Who who else is uh, on board trying to? Jump on this train. Yeah, so RG3, he's trying to put a team together uh, and, and be a part of an investment group. Um, we have mentioned, uh, I think Jay was asking us, do we want to, are we excited about Bezos and, and uh, Jay-Z? Um, and, and would that get us excited? And the, another guy that wants to join that team is Mr. All right, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> lifetime Skins fan. Yeah, big time Redskins fan, and he said it would be a dream of mine to be a part of a team that owns it. So we're starting to see, you know, some some other folks that are that are coming around here. I'm waiting. I think the next guy that's going to come out is going to be Dale, Dale Junior. Huge yes. Redskins fan. Yeah, you know, and that's when we talk about why this is going to be such a hot commodity is because there are people who know it when the team was the the, the logo that I'm wearing is when they were the Redskins and not the Redskins right. of, of of 2010. And exactly. 2005 and exactly. of the Redskins of the 80s and 90s when they were a dominant franchise and a premier team in the league. And that's what some of these guys are going to want to you know, remember. Um, here's my thing on the, the Jeff Bezos, Jay-Z thing. Mm. I'm pumping the brakes so hard on that for two reasons. All right? right. And some of it has to do with Snyder's pettiness that we saw tonight. Yeah. So yep. the leading newspaper that is bringing up all these allegations and situations um, against him is the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. You mean to tell me that the paper that is making me lose my team is who I'm going to sell that to? Exactly. I gotta be, <laughs> I gotta say, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to do it. He, I can see him being petty enough to say, I'm not selling to that guy. Not to that person. Right. You know, plus the other thing with that at the owners is, if Jeff Bezos comes into the owner to be the uh, an owner of the league, 
He's the richest man in the league. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're talking about a lot of old dudes with big money that are used to always getting their way. Yep. And now this guy who's the richest man in the league walks into the room and the richest person in the room usually has the most power. So you tell me that Jerry Jones is going to be like, Oh, Hey Jeff, what would you like to do with the league? Right. What are your ideas on how we can make more revenue? So I just think there's a little bit of like a, a pissing contest within among the owners. And I just wonder if they would not be thrilled for a Jeff Bezos to come in, just knowing that of the clout that he has. So I think it's going to be real interesting. I mean, I think 7 billion is what they think it's going to go for. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to take folks that like, you know, like Jay-Z and like McConaughey and Dale Jr. to like, it's going to take a collaboration of people to do oh, this. Yeah. We're not talking about the Walton family who owns Walmart saying, okay, we can put this up as collateral. We're going to buy the, the Denver Broncos. You know, yeah. so I think it's going to be interesting to see who else comes out. But, uh, I mean, it certainly gets you excited. Um, and the timeline alone just gets me excited that maybe by March we're, we're talking about a new owner. That is craziness. That is craziness. Got people watching. Nate said, if hoping a DMV businessman or woman can make a run for owning the team. I love that. I agree. Yeah. Somebody that knows the somebody that's from the area that knows the team. Mm -hmm. that, but that's another reason why I like McConaughey kind of hopping on there because he right. has loved it for so long. You know right. I mean? Um does Jay-Z know the culture of DC? Can a New York and a Washington blend together? Well, Jay-Z just wants to be in the NFL. That's why he, right. he's come in partnership right. with them for various things with Rock Nation. He wants to be an owner in the league. So, no, I don't think he cares anything about the commanders. There's nothing about that right. that excites him. It's, it's how often does a team become available? Right. And you are talking about, though, a major media market, unlike Denver of, of DC. Very true. Very true. Uh, plus, Jeff Bezos right now isn't a good look because there's an issue with the NBA and what he has on his platform. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't pay that much attention to the NBA enough to know. But I will say, shout out, Nate, you've got a question that uh, of one of our next segments here, right here. So you see, you see oh, yeah. this? Ah. Uh, a little forecasting there, Nate. Okay, okay. Great call. We'll go ahead and segue right in. And in a discussion, uh, a little NFL news that actually kind of directly affects us, we have been linked with the Colts through – Carson Wentz, who was their quarterback a year ago. And we know how our uh, Jim Ursay and him kind of went back and forth and they wanted him out. Well, look, Ursay, he's having issues all around the board. First and foremost, you get rid of your OC, you drop your, you bench the quarterback that you traded over here from the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Then, and that wasn't maybe not on him, but then you got your coach now who he's been fired. We've known Ursay has been very outspoken about our owner. He's got a lot of stuff going on over there in Indianapolis. But from from a from a, a coaching perspective, and answer going back to this question, uh, Frank Reich, uh, Frank Reich, fired from them. Great offensive mind, knows Carson Wentz. Could this be beneficial? Could we could potentially make a run in getting him here? You want to take this first? Uh, no, that's all you. That's all you. Okay. <laughs> I got to go first. All right. Uh, so I'm going to say yes in 2023, but not in 2022. I right. remember that time when we were, was, was Jim Zorn the head coach? We oh. brought in Sherm Lewis out. He was calling bingo in yeah. retirement. All right. And we brought him in 
and he and, and I think we ended up firing some coach or maybe I don't know, but he ended up calling the offensive plays. Some guy who was who was retired at the time. Mm. It, it just caused that he came in as an analyst and ended up becoming a play caller, and it just caused a lot of a lot of turmoil. I, I love the idea of Frank Wright coming in. If if Carson Wentz were to be on this team again next year, yeah. yeah. Would he want to be our offensive coordinator? Would he want to be an analyst? You know, um, does he come in as a quarterback's coach and just really get to focus on Carson and, and working on him? Because let's also remember last year, all right, the Colts didn't make the playoffs, but Wentz did was 27 and seven in touchdowns mm-hmm. and interceptions. Absolutely. He had a great, a great running game. He had a great offensive line. So I don't want to take that away. But maybe Reich knows how to how to get the best out of Carson, even if right. that's only mediocre Carson. You know, that mediocre Carson is a whole lot better than what we saw, you know, working for us. So, yeah, I would be all about Frank Reich making a reunion with him. They like each other. Um, but I just – I think it would cause more turmoil right now. So to Nate's, Nathan's question of do we need to have another play caller, I, mean, I think you got to just make Scott Turner ride this out because then you can give an evaluation on him. Um you know, and and I think I don't know what else people can do with our as, as bad of our offensive line is. Right. What what more are we really going to do at this point? And that's the issue because it's not. I mean, we can call the different plays, but if you don't have the time for the plays to set up, you know what I mean, or the linemen that are going to hold you, you know, hold the line or whatever. It's just, I'm sorry, man. There's a lot of times. No, and, and don't get it twisted. There are times where he had time to pass the ball, um, but at the same time. Our eye line is just not – it's so inconsistent. And yeah. and just with the injuries and everything like that, it's just – it definitely does not help. Um, <laughs> Jared said, we give zero damn about Bezos in the NBA. I, I was trying to comment and respond to that on Facebook. Yeah, I don't follow the NBA. So right. <laughs> oh, does this mean Brian Mitchell about to coach y'all next? I like to fire. Mm. But then that yeah. means what's – that means uh, what's the name? Doc Walker's gonna be a coach too, and then you know it. It's <laughs> gonna be our version of Dan Campbell over here. Doc Walker be the get back coach. Yeah, you're right out there. Come on. Right, speed oh. up, fire people up. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. I mean, to be uh, be honest with you, I understand the connection between him and him and Carson. Um, and I mean, obviously, this is a topic for other shows that we do have on the Let's Talk Football. Uh, agenda or you know team um and they're going to talk about this because ursay he was the one of the main ones coming after dan snyder and saying we need to do something this guy needs to get out he's you know talking about all the issues and you know he's had a lot of issues himself over here in the colts i mean come on now this guy i mean let you know you know we all remember the fact that they they became they came one game out of the playoffs a year ago but they started off like one in seven or something. They started off bad and then had like an eight game run late in the season. Um, and they, they, they got them back into playoff contention. So, you know, <laughs> get back coach. <laughs> Yo, so yeah, they got issues going on, but ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a quick breather and then uh, we're going to come back to you because we got a game this week that mm-hmm. we need to win. Yes. Cause we're coming back in this division. Jared, I hope you stay tuned. Let's go. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. There it is. Yeah, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen. 
We got a game this week, ladies and gentlemen. We have a game, uh, a game that was destined for us to win. Ladies and gentlemen, the last time we faced a team that was undefeated, that had multiple wins, not just one and no, because we faced a couple teams that have been undefeated like that, but have been, had almost either eight, nine, ten, or, you know, wins. We got the W and shut and derailed their entire season, Pittsburgh Steelers. 2020. Oh, yeah. This is that same scenario, ladies and gentlemen. We are going up against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, and they look good. I'll admit, mm-hmm. they do look good. They have not lost a game. Last game, they put up 24 points in the second quarter against us, but ask them how many points they put up in the rest of the game. <laughs> Boom! Yes. Is my cup half half full? Yes. It's my totally cup- full with that right. comment. <laughs> Hey, we shut them down on the ground. That vaunted offensive running game held them to 62 yards rushing. Look, we are a couple bad, you know, uh, deep balls and splash plays away from that game. Well, in in an offense, we didn't do anything on offense uh, from that game being closer. And and you look, they're they're playing hot. They're playing ready to go. They're coming off of uh, an easy victory on uh, Thursday night. I'm not mistaken. And they beat the Texans last Thursday. They did. They did. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, hey, they're not – they're potentially overlooking us, looking at, at other victories. They're looking at 17-0. and 0. I, I've seen all the different little uh, little pictures and things on YouTube and IG and Facebook about them going undefeated. Can they do it? I'm here to tell you, the loss, the losing streak starts now. Washington's getting this. But we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about it. Eagles, Washington, what do you think? Man, I'm nervous for this game. As and nervous, and maybe I should say, I just don't have a whole lot of expectations no. <laughs> for this game. I, it's Monday night. The Eagles are rolling. It's in Philly. Like, doggone it. Um, yeah. You know, maybe Ron can have better fortune on Monday night football than, than all of the, like, the Redskins teams ever did because we were terrible on Monday night. But, I mean, our offense is struggling. Their offense is flying high. The yeah. lowest amount of points they put up this season is 20. If mm. I'm seeing this right, like this, this, this is not a recipe for us to play well. You know, their their offense is, is just like I say, it's flying high. They've got receivers that are making, you know, tons of plays out there. Dallas Goddard is back into the rotation and, mm-hmm. and getting um getting a lot getting uh, involved in the offense. Their running game is, you know, Miles Sanders had no touchdowns last year. And all of a sudden now he's he's getting them. He's on my fantasy team. People laughed at me, but he's been he's been all right. But their defense is you know up up front is solid. Their corners are making tons of interceptions. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, that trade from the Saints, he's been amazing. You know for them. So everything is just going Philly's way, except for one thing. Mm. The universe is not going for Philly right now. Come on now. The Come Union on now. Lost. Yep. The the Phillies lost the World Come Series. On. It might just be time for Philly to lose that game. Let's go, baby. Everyone is just on Philly right now. Maybe we need to have this happen for us, too. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'll take it one further. Uh, The Philadelphia 76ers, they lost James Harden for a good amount of time this year due to injury. Oh, let it happen. Let it happen. He's not on the Rockets anymore? No, 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 no. He's on. He went to Philly. Then I think he was at the Nets, and then I think we went back to Philly. I don't know. He, I don't. I, I follow him barely. You know, yeah. 
Um, yo, I'm telling you, this is it. I look, I I know people say you're crazy, whatever, but the game. If you really break it down quarter by quarter, if you take out that second quarter, this is a totally different game. Now, a lot of people say, okay, it was it was over at the half. Well, no, it wasn't. Oh, get out of here. No. <laughs> we shut them. They had opportunities in that third quarter where we shut them down. We weren't able to do anything, so essentially it might have been over. But at the same time, our defense was playing decent at that time. Now with it playing better, I feel like it can happen. So, look, well. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, our keys to victory. Yeah, buddy. Our keys to victory. Number one, it's going to be what we did last game. Last game, I told you we held them 62 yards on the ground. We know how, how dominant that rushing game is. A year ago, it led the league in rushing, and it's been pretty potent this year as well. Miles Sanders, you talked about, is a is – having a comeback year. Jalen Hurts is pretty solid. And then you have Gainwell and Scott out there as well, also getting some carries. So honestly, our key has got to be shut down the running game. That running game definitely opens things up everywhere else. Now I understand last game we got torched. We got splash played. They they went deep on us a lot. And a lot of that I think, or at least I'm hoping was the miscommunication in our secondary that hopefully we have fixed. That running game is their life. That is their bread and butter. We shut down that running game. I think that we can seriously halt that offense. So that is one of my keys to victory. You pretty much took my, all my talking points <laughs> for my first key too. And it was it was make Hurts beat us throwing, you know. And, and, and I had this in week, the first game as well. And he sure did beat us throwing. But just like you said, I feel like our our defensive secondary, our, our back, they're they're playing a whole lot better than they yes. were before. You know, St. Juice on, on A.J. Brown, you know, to try and contain him a little bit. Hmm. I don't think we're going to shut him down, but maybe we yes. can contain him. Maybe if we can prevent just some of the, you know, they got away with some huge plays out there, long yeah. throws to him that they just, you know, huge chunk plays that they right. would get down the field and then some of those touchdowns where it's like Hertz was just like, I'm not scared of y'all here. I'm just going to throw it up to my receiver. So maybe taking off some of that practice with, with Jefferson from a, uh, last week will give him a chance to to learn how to how to, how to play on, a, on some elite court or elite wide receivers like that. Um, so we just got to try and make Jalen Hurts beat us by throwing the ball. We got to contain him. I think we need to go with the high, the whole idea of we don't need to blitz a whole lot. We need to go with our four linemen to keep him in the pocket. Don't yes. allow that running game like you talked about from the running backs and him to torch us the way Justin Fields did. That's the recipe we don't want. Keep him in the pocket, make him throw the ball. And while he did it to us one time, I'd rather see if we can, you know, you know, stop him, you know, through the pass. Yep. Yep. Um, my second key to victory, I'm going to stay right here on the defense. Jamin Davis has to have a huge game. He had a huge game. He had a big game last last game where he was able to kind of just stop Jalen Hurts from getting around the corner. A lot of this is going to, you know, be big in the running game, but he needs to have an impactful game where he gets a sack, where he potentially gets an uh, interception or, or a forced fumble or recovered fumble, something of that nature, where he is just flying around. He's been really playing a lot better. 
I wouldn't call it the meteoric rise that a one Will Kramer predicted or, or said he should have this year. <laughs> but but honestly, it I mean you I think you'd have to be blind to to not see that he's doing a lot better this year. He he seems more comfortable, and it seems like he's kind of he's 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 not afraid anymore. He's not thinking so much. He's just reacting. He's reading and reacting and playing very well. I think he's going to have, and, and from both my linebackers, we're going to have ha, have to have a big game from them because I think they are going to be tested a lot. Is Holcomb uh, going to be back? I don't think so. That's why I was leaning toward Jamin Davis, but I will see. I don't think he will. Gotcha, gotcha. That that helps me because I'm going to pick a pick two players in for. Um, I'm going to stick with the defense as well and go with your theme of picking picking a guy who needs to step up and pick two. Mm-hmm. Kendall Fuller, mm-hmm. he needs to have a bounce back game against Philly the last time because he's the one that was getting torched, torched yeah. you know, by A.J. Brown. And, you know, at first I remember saying, well, no, he's having good coverage when I saw it live. And, no, no, he wasn't. He he played – Ab, you were absolutely right. He he was mm-hmm. getting torched out there mm-hmm. by, by Philly's uh, wide receiver. So Fuller needs to have a bounce back game because, like I said – if Benjamin St. Juice has kind of shown that he can man up somebody and stick with them, then they're going to throw to whoever Fuller's covering, whether that's A.J. Brown or uh, Devontae Smith. So he's going to have to be you know, playing much better. And then along with that, the other guy on defense is we need uh, to have the continued, steady, consistent, great play that we're getting from Cam Curl. Yep. Because Dallas Goddard is becoming much more of a weapon in their offense. He's, he's getting featured a whole lot more. And if, if we're not sure about Holcomb, and we don't really want Jamin Davis to be covering a tight end. So, well, someone's got to do it. And Cam Curl, while Holcomb has come out, has been coming down in that Buffalo nickel role. They actually, the way they announced the um, the team last week is they said four defensive linemen, three linebackers, and they included mm. Cam Curl in it. And then they did our, our secondary um, all together. So we need Curl to be that type of player that, that's checking Goddard, staying with him, um, and then also just flying around and, and – you know, making sure if he's spying on, on Hertz again, that Hertz is being in the pocket. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, going to offense for me, um, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, we've seen is solid and he's getting more touches in the running game. And it seems a lot more confident in the running game. We know how lethal he is in the passing game, um, catching the ball out of the backfield. And then we've also got him starting to play a lot more in kick return. What I, from what I've seen, and and from from following, you know, Gibson through the last couple of years, the more solid plays you get for him, the more plays where he's having a successful successful return, four or five yards, six seven yards, maybe busting out for 10, 11, whatever, he gets confident. And the more confident he gets, the more lethal he becomes. We've seen late in the game where he gets that kick return. He brings us back to almost midfield, and all of a sudden, now we're starting to flip the field. With him in the passing game, I mean, I, he his emergence in the passing game has almost totally blanked McKissick. You know what I mean? Like, McKissick's role has definitely shrunk, in my opinion, with Samuel and definitely Gibson coming out. Gibson has to have a big game all the way around, catching, running, and in the special teams. And if that happens, I mean, I can totally see him having a big game. And if that happens, 
Um, honestly, I think that's gonna that's gonna help us out. That's gonna help us out a great deal. Mm-hmm. So sticking so. with offense there, I'm gonna say we need to take what was successful in the last game and run with it, and that is utilizing the pass to set up the run to move the chains. We need to have a ball control type game. I think that was Jay saying that's how we need to be running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And the idea is we can't be giving Philly the ball with a bunch of times with all these weapons. Exactly. Part of the reason we also got beat out there in the first game is they went down the field and scored a touchdown. Then we got the ball and in three plays and we punted. And our defense yep. was back out there. Then they went down and scored a touchdown. Now it's 14 nothing, And we went out there three plays and punted the ball. Then they went so our defense had no chance to rest, and and you know and then their defense was just fired up because they wanted to play three snaps and then they waited a while and played three snaps and they were you know they were flying everywhere. So we need to Scott Turner, this is on you, Taylor Heineke, execute mm-hmm. this game plan. We need to have the the passing game to open up the chances for the run. I think we're going to need to see a few more not necessarily trick plays, but but. You know, other folks involved in the run game, not just Gibson and Robinson, utilizing Samuel. If 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 Terry gets one of those put, you know, sweeps to run, if you give it to Rogers again, we're gonna need to do some things to be creative to allow yes. that that running game to go. In. But we've got to be able to play some ball control if we're gonna have a chance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jaron saying y'all did a decent job limiting quarterback runs in the first game. It's the mm-hmm. wide receiver and tight ends y'all need to worry about. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Goddard had had a touchdown, had a big game. Devonta Smith went off. A.J. Brown had a touchdown. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's going to be it, limiting limiting those deep balls. Um, we said y'all uh, need to defer the second half on the coin toss. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, hey, look, you're you're absolutely right. That, I mean, it's going to take some stuff like that. Um, at the end of the day, number one thing that we have to do is win the turnover battle. We have got to take steal some possessions from them. I mean, bottom line, like you said, they went down that second quarter, went down the field, scored, got it with three and out, went down the field. You know what I mean? We have got to steal some possessions because we, if we can steal some possessions, flip some momentum, get us on the field, and then capitalize on that, even if it's just a field goal, we need to be able to to do that to then maybe make them not necessarily have fear, but at least think twice about it. Mm-hmm. You know, after those first couple drives, you can tell. I mean, and, and matter of fact, shout out to Anton. Anton was saying the whole time he was Anton was at the game. He's saying he would throw a pass, and then Hurst would just kind of Connor yeah. McGregor it down the field, just like he. There was no fear. Yeah. He was not worried about us, our defense, and we need to put that fear in him. What we talked about, what we did last week, what we've been doing. Ellinger was on his back. Uh, Kirk Cousins was on his back. Uh, Justin Fields was on his back. Rodgers, we have our D-line and our defense has been coming alive, and we need to continue that. We need to start putting Hurts on his back in this game um, and really shut that down, and we need to cause some turnovers, being interceptions, fumbles, whatever. Um, we definitely need to create some turnovers and, and, and steal some opportunities, steal some possessions from them because um, that's going to be huge. Because, um, like you said, keeping our defense on the field uh, for long periods of time, I mean, forever good they've become and have they been, you can't stay on the field for that long. You just don't have the energy for that. So, right. Yeah. Yep. That, and that maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get a big Chase Young sack since he will be back 
on Monday night. Let's go. Prime time, baby. Look, like he said, pokes mice, fake hold calls, cramp third, hurry up, trick plays, fumble rooskies, whatever it takes, right. man. Yeah. Whatever it takes, that's what we're going to have to do. So, yes, that is great news. Those are our keys um, to victory. Now let's be realistic. Will, what are you thinking, man? We're, we're coming into this game four and five. We know they're undefeated, but it is doable. I think it can be done. What's your score prediction for this game Monday night? Yeah, so it kind of worked in our favor last week when uh, I picked – well, we both were picking the Vikings in this one and saying, yeah, we're probably not going to win this. So I'm going to stick with that because oh, that yeah. we, we, we were on our way to victory by doing this. So I'm going to go Eagles 31, Commanders 13. Here we go. Here we go. I see what you did there. Flip the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, no, I'm going I'm going with the same thing. I got I got um Eagles 27 um and Commanders 10. Um our offense and, and re- being realistic, our offense is just eh, we got to get lucky and we 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 have having a hard time scoring. Like we've been capped at 17 to 20 points all year and it's just not I mean, right. well, at least since Heineke's come in, it really yeah. hasn't looked pretty a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. We know how good Philly's defense is, so yeah, that's what I got. Let's see what these people Anton is saying. 28-17. I know for sure we can't do the points. Yeah, right. I have an issue. What's going on, Kyle? Don't worry. Nah, welcome. We'll have you in here when uh, your your Falcons take that L. It's coming Ooh. soon. Yeah. It's coming. Let's go. Okay. 21-27. Commandos. You, you saying we're going to win? Well, yeah, you're a Cowboys fan, so of course you want us to win. Yeah. <laughs> Any help to you guys. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, buddy. So, yo, those are score predictions. Yo, definitely lay in the comments what you think. We got yours and time. We got yours, Jared. Um, we'll see what happens. It should be quite interesting. This is This has huge implications um for the playoff picture um going down the line i mean not as much for them i mean a loss to them won't do much but to us it'll bring us up to five and five um mm-hmm. a loss will cement what will had already predicted saying <laughs> after we got up to four and four we're gonna lose two and then we're gonna win two so uh-huh. if that if that right happens I'm with that i'm okay with that will <laughs> <laughs> so we will see Look, yep, Lord to it, Lord to it for me. I understand, man. I get it. I get it. Oh man, we're both the one time we're kind of both together, both in in and uh, doing hatred for the Eagles. Oh, oh, it's, it's easy yeah. to do. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely. Philly. Uh oh. Uh oh. We got a we got a Washington prediction. Uh oh. Uh oh. Watch out, Joe Harris. All right, twenty-one seventeen, Washington. Hey. It can be done. Like it, it absolutely can be done. That is what's up. So we will see. Look, like it, ladies. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Come join us, man. If you are new to the crew, man, every night, Wednesday, try to get on here at eight o'clock. So look, this is Washington Football Weekly. I am Sean Spencer. That's my guy, Will Kramer. We tried, we tried to give you all the hope we could break down this game, break down the team that we love. Uh, we shall see what happens Monday night. It will be going on live and direct. We don't have Kirk Cousins anymore, so I don't fear 
the primetime games as much. But uh, I'm excited. Yes. I agree with you. Chase, I agree. Chase Young is back. They've been primed and they've been right, ready to go. Look, I, I want to say, we talked about this a week ago, do not expect a full load from Chase Young. Right. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on a pitch count. Get him in there rotation. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Until, especially until he gets his legs under him, I think that's a great idea. And duplicate Kalu. Exactly. Exactly. Let, let Come in. That guy. Exactly. Come in there for a certain situation. Look, I'm telling y'all, y'all can beat them if you look at the mistakes and run the pill. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, fellas. Very kind, out, Jay. Very kind. Appreciate it. Yo, check out my guy. Got to shout out him, man. Got his music and everything on gospelgrind.com. It is streaming. He's He's got all his music there. It is dope. It, it gets me through my day, man. You don't even know. I don't know say it all the time, but I appreciate you, man. You're doing big things, man. So definitely check out my guy, Jared Harmon, J-Red. Definitely hit him up for all your good musical needs, man. He's doing big things, man. Love him, Love even that. if he is a daggone Cowboys fan. yeah buddy so look we are going to go ahead and let you go we're going to end off with the commercial that is of the let's talk football uh group of shows all the different shows we have we have a show almost every day of the week so stay tuned the next one will be coming up tomorrow night 7 30 the ladies of let's talk football will get together for let's talk football ladies takeover where they give you a cause of the week. So one of the women in the NFL, they like to highlight different women um, that are either coaching or in the uh, front office in the NFL uh, or refs, uh, officials. And then they do their uh, player of the week, NFL drama, and they spotlight the Thursday night game and then end it with ladies having the final say. It is great stuff. They bring guests on. These women know what they're talking about, and they are intense. They love, love, love this sport like we all do. So definitely check them out. Um, but yeah, for me, Sean Spencer, my guy over here, Mr. Will Kramer, <laughs> we will see y'all next time. Thanks for joining us, people. Have a good night. Uh-huh.